Hello my beautiful souls welcome back to the second part of the episode with Dr Avishkar Sabarwal whilst the previous part we focused on body positivity health obesity in this part we are going to discuss about adapting a healthy lifestyle healthy food diets and a healthy mindset have you ever wondered that the person next to you be it a friend or a family member can eat all they want and still stay slimmer or thin curious enough then let's dig right into this part of the episode to know what the doc has to say about it please note that the doctor's perspectives are not to be considered as medical advices well this episode is in no way supporting or disregarding diet culture weight loss or obesity this is just a mere try to get a medical perspective in the acceptance journey of yourselves and your body and uh, doc i wanted to ask you like this is the most for me the most itching and the provoking question is uh the other person like my friends or my relatives who are you know much slimmer much fitter they not fitter might be okay much slimmer and they eat like anything and i if i eat this this kind of portion <laughs> i'm going to put on weight so what what is i know a metabolism plays a role and i have talked about this in one of my podcast as well uh so i want to know your uh, medical opinion on this I think everybody is individually different and the way your body processes anything is going to be different. Um so it's so that's why everybody has a different weight, everybody has a different physique. Uh a lot of times um uh, when you're you may be more physically active than them in terms of going to the gym and exercising, but there are other components also at play um that can cause this and it's it's very individual it's very hard to pinpoint one thing that will cause you to gain um the weight and the others not to gain the weight because it's still an emerging and evolving science what we do know is that uh, there are ways we can help you lose the weight and and so even if you've gained the weight now the other thing is uh, a lot of times people will have these unrealistic expectations and i say unrealistic because it's very hard to meet those expectations like somebody will want to get back to their pre pregnancy weight or to their college weight um or right. to their high school weight and it becomes difficult because as firstly as you're aging the body is going through certain transformations number 1 number 2 once you gain the weight the body has gone through certain transformations there are certain hormonal changes that occur in the body when you lose the weight there are certain transformations that occur which will make it difficult for you to lose further weight and each time you gain the weight back so basically or if you're on a yo-yo dieting it becomes much more difficult to lose that weight so the body is trying to preserve the higher weight it's always trying to do that okay so when you try to lose the weight the body goes into a sort of a crisis mode and it'll try to do everything possible to prevent you from losing that weight and that's why it's very difficult for people who are suffering from obesity to to um just simply change their lifestyle and kind of lose the weight because body will do a lot of other things um for example you'll become less active you'll start craving right. food more right. even yeah. when you when you lose the weight if you even if you eat the same amount of food that you ate earlier um mm. you will uh, you will not feel as satisfied you will want to eat a little more um so you'll be craving more things so these are things that are happening because your body is changing and because of the signaling in the body it's not nothing to do with you uh, as an as a person but as a 
as what is happening in your brain and you know <laughs> so these are real things these are these are real things these are these have been studied and we know that this occurs when you lose the weight so it's a lot more complex uh, than just saying um, you know you just eat less and move more uh, because that doesn't always work when you're exercising also you start exercising then um, once you get used to that certain routine now your your uh, treadmill or whatever cross uh, cross train or whatever will say elliptical will tell you that you lost x amount of calories right? right but that changes every time you get onto it because your muscles are getting used to that exercise so you're going to lose less the muscles become more efficient in uh, in conserving energy remember the body is always trying to conserve energy rather than lose energy so it's a very very efficient system uh, Uh, doc when when it comes to uh, diets and exercises so what do you think the ratio is because i always get like you know 80% you be on uh, diet and 20% is your workout so uh, is there any particular uh, you know, i would like- i would probably say it's much more <laughs> i would be much more than having said that i don't want to undermine the importance of exercise and it's not just exercise actually it's physical activity overall so um, so it's not just about being active for a certain amount of time say 1 hour 6 30 minutes to 1 hour or whatever it's about being physically active throughout the day now if you just exercise for 30 minutes to 1 hour and then you're just sitting the rest of the day that's not good either because there's data to suggest that's that's bad for you there is data for that so so you have to be physical active physically active throughout the day exactly. that's important so most of the energy that we burn is actually not in the exercise it's what we call non exercise activity thermogenesis which is basically the rest of the physical activity that you do throughout the day for example just walking um climbing the stairs walking to your office going for a stroll typing fidgeting with your fingers and those are the things that are actually most of the um, they are much more in the uh, in the activity uh, uh, part of the 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 energy that we burn i mean i don't want to undermine the importance of yeah uh, that's true physical that's activity true. and exercise yeah. it is very very beneficial for you yeah. um yeah. there is um i would not say that it's it's not, it's not important it's very very crucial actually all of us for all of us it's very crucial to be exercising in addition to that we need to be physically active so yeah. so it's not that it's it's not that you should not exercise or just just we just walk around and this and that i think everybody yeah. should exercise um that is very very important for us but if you talk purely in terms of weight loss purely in terms of of how it modulates obesity um you cannot outrun a bad diet and so it purely in terms of obesity in terms of weight loss um nutrition plays a very very major role uh compared to bc uh, compared to exercise now the other flip side is also i'm sure a lot of people would have noticed this that when you exercise you start becoming more hungry right so yeah <laughs> so there's the point after the workout <laughs> <laughs> so there's a yeah, yeah that's what that's what's fascinating about the human body right you it's going to always try and conserve the energy yeah so one way like- or the other Yeah it's like immediately after you know workout you just feel like eating something you know some some snack or something yeah what do you uh, tell about the supplements and all of it i know there is no shortcut for weight loss or uh, you know obesity but there are a lot of supplements in the market and you know the marketing is so good that you i, I myself got attracted so uh, will it work i mean i know that- so uh, when you're talking about supplements are you talking about meal replacements or are you talking about yeah the meal replacements and the obesity capsules where you get you know for the weight loss like so i would the- say i would say no to the obesity capsules Okay. Because uh, they are sold as a supplement for a reason. They are sold as a supplement, at least in the US, they are sold as a supplement because um, they are not regulated by the FDA. 
the Food and Drug Administration, and that's why they're labeled as supplements because it's it's essentially like the Wild West. They can just publish anything; they can put anything on the label because they're selling it as a supplement. Um, there is, there are good medications available for obesity. So I would say rather than going for an obesity pill that you'll get over the counter, I would say go to your physician because they can actually prescribe medications to you that can help you with this. Um, and there's really, uh, we have enough data to suggest that it is a disease and so it should be treated like one. And there are there are a lot of therapeutics. Even when I talk about therapeutics, it's it's nutrition, exercise, uh, your uh, mental health and, and medications and surgery. So all of these are therapeutics for obesity and all of these, um, you know, formulate a comprehensive plan for uh, management of obesity so instead of taking those um, weight loss pills that are available over the counter they are they're not i would not recommend them because a lot of times they've also found certain harmful substances which have been banned in these uh, in these weight loss pills which are obviously going to be very detrimental to your health in the long run they found stuff like laxatives they found um, a lot of caffeine they found this and that so it's very it's it's not regulated so I would certainly um, tell everybody to shy away from these things. Having said that, the meal replacements, yes, there's enough data to support meal re- using use of meal replacements in weight loss, and we routinely use that for patients because what meal replacements do is they give you a structure of uh, how you can uh, uh, in your meal plan. So, for example, a lot of times people are busy during their lunchtime and they don't have time to uh, have a proper lunch meal. So what hap- if they just open up a packet of a meal replacement and have that, we know exactly what's in the meal replacement. It's it's a very calculated uh, co- concoction or a combination of the, all the macronutrients. So it gives them the, it takes the indecision out of it. Um, it takes the fear out of it that the food will, whether the food will be available or not available to them. And it gives them a specific amount of um, the nutrients. And so so meal replacements, there's data to support meal, user meal replacements in weight loss and we do that and uh, doc what about the slimming centers i know i'm going to get a backlash for this but uh, i don't know what slimming centers you're talking about if you're talking about uh, a physician-led weight loss program no it's, uh, it's i honestly don't know what they talk about and i honestly don't know what they do there like the sculpting the cool sculpting so and- cool sculpting uh, yeah, it's it's i would say that so, for example, if you talk about, um, you know, they'll be talking about the liposuction and stuff. Um, so the liposuction um, doesn't really work in the long run because they remove those, uh, the, the what they're removing is actually the subcutaneous fat from there. So it, it doesn't really work in the long run. Um, and it doesn't change your metabolic profile. We know that there's data to support that there, the, even stuff like liposuction doesn't change your metabolic profile, which is essentially what we're looking for when you're treating somebody with obesity. We're looking for a healthier metabolic profile. And if that is not changing, then there's no point in doing something that's just going to change the physical appearance uh, and not change, make you a healthier person. So, um, so yeah, I would say seek the help of a physician who can actually help you make the actual changes that you need to make. Um, right. So, Doc, can you give us like the top three ways to improve your health, you know, according to you? It doesn't have to be big, like just, you know, the simple ways uh, to improve your lifestyle. I would say eat healthy. Uh, the one thing that we say is that try to eat what your grandparents or your great grandparents used to eat. Right. Um, so that's definitely very important. I would say try and cut out as much sugar as you can from your diet. Um, I personally that it's very difficult to do that, but um, it has a lot of de- sugar has a lot of detrimental effects on the body. So I would say try and cut out sugar completely if you can. And by sugar, I mean the refined sugar, honey, 
so honey is not better than sugar as in terms of uh, in terms of obesity i know there is a lot of talk about especially in india using honey with warm water and this and that for obesity yeah. it's sugar is sugar and the body does not recognize warm honey versus cold honey when it goes into the body it comes um it it gets the temperature equalizes because it's going to, the body's at 37 degrees celsius so it's going mm-hmm. to come up to that sort come down to that so so it doesn't matter uh it's still going to recognize the sugar. It to sugar even the even the fruits right like so um, different so yeah fruits are different because fruits have a casing of fiber on them now fruits are different and fruit juices are different yes, right. <laughs> so, so so fruits i would say yes absolutely fruit juices i would say no absolutely not because uh, what ends up happening is fruits come in the casing of uh, of fiber they have a lot of fiber attached to them now is there a particular time where you can eat the fruits they say usually you don't eat in the night so is it uh... so yeah that's the other aspect of it right so we're actually discovering uh, what we call chrono nutrition and uh, it's about the timing of the meals and when you eat them it's still an evolving field uh, okay. where we're talking about what's the best time to eat usually what we try to say is that try to eat before um sunset uh, or you know it's shown to have some benefits it's still like again it's very still evolving at least they found um there was so there's a research lab over here and there's a there's a researcher called uh, Dr Sachin Panda he's done some phenomenal work in all of this and he's worked primarily with uh, with rats and he found that when they eat in a when they're supposed to be awake they actually do not with even with the same calories they uh they st- tend to be leaner than people than then the rats who ate uh when when they're not supposed to be awake and they're just eating whenever so even the same amount of calories so there is some data to support that but it's again it's still in the in the works okay and when you say sugar even the rice So I would say um if you're eating rice go for brown rice and I would the reason why I say brown rice is because um when we eat the rice it's usually polished rice and when you polish the rice um it's more processed than the brown rice so the brown rice is when you just dehusk the rice that's essentially brown rice there's a covering coating on it which is going to be make which is going to make it more difficult for um the the sugars in the rice to be available to you at the end of the day that's what it is all about so the more fiber there is in your diet the less available those carbohydrates will be to you so uh for example if you're eating um uh if you're eating uh something made out of refined flour mm-hmm. it's going to be very bioavailable the sugars the carbohydrates are going to be very bioavailable to you if you're eating um whole wheat uh whole wheat flour that's a shade better it's not absolutely the best because it's still flour so when you basically um think about it this way when you're Uh, refining it and putting making it into pow- uh, powder form the surface area of um of the the molecules is it increases right the surface area right. of the product increases and so it's much more easy for the body to absorb uh, all of those uh, carbohydrates and everything from those that surface area so so eating whole wheat is better mm-hmm. than eating whole wheat flour which oh, is better than eating refined flour so <laughs> so i'm getting this uh, unbleached flour now so might be something is well unbleached is different now unbleached and bleached doesn't matter it's um, in terms of obesity but it's it's the fact that it's been broken down Mm-hmm. the fact that it's been so fine it's such a fine powder and now now and nowadays um the the mills they're so uh, you know they're able to break it down into such a fine powder mm-hmm. that uh, it becomes very easily bioavailable to you to absorb those uh, sugars so it's really you know eating something that's 
that's going to be inefficient for the body to absorb is what we need to aim for. Yeah. And one more thing which I see the fad is, you know, a lot of organic items are the, you know, like organic flour. And I see so many things and the prices are, you know, uh, right. uh, very much higher than the normal. So do you think it uh, it makes a difference? In terms of obesity, no. Body doesn't recognize organic versus not the organic part. Um, yeah. In terms of obesity, um, it it probably doesn't because you're going to be washing, cleaning, whatever the products before using them. Um, so I don't think in terms of that, it, it makes a difference. Having said that, uh, the the jury on organic is still out there. If you can afford organic, uh, by all means, go for it. If you cannot afford it, I would say don't fret over it. Um, so <laughs> that's where I stand on organic. Um but yeah. What about for the overall health? Like, is it does it help? I think overall for overall health, if you're going to go for organic refined flour, I would rather go for the regular whole wheat uh, rather than going for organic okay. whole flour, uh, organic yeah. refined flour, because that's what's important here. Rather than going for, if you're not able to afford organic vegetables, um, mm-hmm. and you're going to be, uh, you're you're basically uh, going to. Uh, forego that for something that says quote unquote organic just because it says organic and and forego those other whole foods that you need to incorporate in your diet i'm strongly against that at the end of the day you're going to be washing these products the data on organic is not very very clear um so i would say that uh, really don't fret on it that much if you can again if you can afford it by all means go for it um I have nothing against either industry. <laughs> but, uh, but if you're not able to afford it, yeah, uh, try to eat a healthier diet. And, uh, you know, just just by the fact that something is organic doesn't mean that it's healthier. There are things that will say organic honey or organic sugar. That's not healthier than the any healthier than the regular sugar. It's just as bad, right? So it, just because it says organic doesn't make it, doesn't make it uh, uh, better than your regular sugar. So what is the best replacement, would you say, for sugar? Like you have stevia. Is that good or... So there is data for artificial sweeteners suggesting that they do help with weight loss. So any artificial sweeteners are okay, um, okay. for uh, for weight loss um, in terms of uh, replacing the sugar. Um, again, depends on what you like. Uh, some have a bitter aftertaste, like uh, stevia. Sometimes does gives you that. Give you that. Um, there's monk fruit extract that people can use. Um, there's there's so many others. <laughs> so it really depends on what what gels with you, what you want to do. And uh, usually, what I try to do is um, I try to recommend just gradually going away from from the refined sugars, added okay. sugars in the products, and just going towards natural products like fruits. Um, mm-hmm. natural vegetables and after a while uh, what will end up happening is your palate will kind of get used to that lower levels of sugar and you'll just stop needing anything with sugar in it anyway so it, it happens and yeah few days uh, you know few of the days where you feel that craving no i need sugar i need sugar so uh, you know usda gave a very interesting um, mentions this year um, they came out with, last year they came out with guidelines and they mentioned something very interesting and i really like this rule that they mentioned they say 85 15 rule so 85 percent of the times you should eat healthy and 15 percent of the times you can splurge um, i think that's a good place to start because um, Obviously, everybody is going to have cravings and the goal is obviously to not have all those cravings over time. The goal is to get to a healthier diet eventually. But I think that's a good place to start. But I don't think that should be the end. Uh, the end should be 100-0, wherein 100 is 100% of the food that you're eating is completely healthy. That should be the goal. But you can start with 85-15, uh, where yeah, you can splurge 15% of the times and uh, 
yeah, 85% of the time eat healthy. Now, having said that, once you start, once you stop consuming sugar, there will be, um, it'll be difficult initially. So eventually you will probably be able to reach a point where you don't crave the sugar anymore because sugar itself is an addictive um, substance. We know that uh, from studies in mice, uh, which basically showed it's almost as as addictive, if not more um, uh, compared to cocaine. So it is fairly addictive um, and it does act on your addictive pathway. So that's why trying to get uh, get away from sugar is very important. Anyways, thank you so much, Doc. And it was truly amazing. I had, lo- I mean, I, I think I asked more of my personal questions. <laughs> <laughs> it was totally fun. And thank you so much for coming. No, absolutely. Me. And, you know, for, for your listeners, if they want more information, I, and that's the reason why I actually started this podcast of mine, um, right. because, uh, I know there's a lot of uh, misinformation out there. I know there's a lot of, uh, there are a lot of questions around obesity. Having myself suffered from it, I know what are the questions that people ask. And uh, so that's why I started my podcast on obesity called Decoding Obesity. Um, That's primarily to provide evidence-based information. So I just make it very, very strictly evidence-based. There's no, um, nothing really anecdotal there. I do have, uh, I do have some interesting episodes. I mean, there are so many things that I tackle and, and this year I'm going to be, releasing a lot of phenomenal episodes i'm actually doing one um, on on ayurveda so it's very it's very fascinating so you know i'm very very passionate about this field and that's why i started this uh, podcast where uh, i just try to give as much evidence-based information so that people have a clear idea of what they're getting into right and it's very important for us to uh, know what this disease is before we can start tackling it even at home yeah, it's confusing at so many levels, yeah. but yeah, a person who can guide is very important. <laughs> yeah, so I, what I try to do is yeah, I try to give. Uh, I don't I don't give medical advice, of course, on my podcast. Yeah, any of you what I've mentioned here is also not medical advice. What I do try to do, and what I hope people get from from this episode and from my podcast, is basically talking points that they can take to their physicians and talk to them about. Uh, will this work for me? Is this the right thing for me? What do you think? And do some research on that and see if some of those things can work for them, right? And I didn't have anybody to, uh, you know, actually guide me through. I, I went to my physician. He said, no, uh, in one year, you have to cut down like 20 kgs. That's what he said. So I was like, okay. It's, no, well, again, even that, you know, a lot of times people say that a lot of times physicians will say that you have to lose X amount of weight in mm-hmm. X amount of time. And that's right. that doesn't work because everybody is very different. That's the thing. You cannot put a number on something and say that you have to lose this many pounds by this time because some people will lose it fast some people will lose it slow and we know that there's data to support that so everybody's journey is very different and and um and that's why i do this that's that's why i want to kind of bring all of this information to people so that they have the the power to kind of understand what this disease is and um so that's why I started my podcast called Decoding Obesity because I'm trying to decode this obesity for everybody. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Avishkar. No, thank you so much for having me, Ashwini. Thank you so, so, so very much, guys, for tuning till the end of the episode. It really means the world to me that you invested few minutes out of your precious 24 hours into my episode. I would be even more grateful to you guys if you can go to my episode and please subscribe and leave a review out there. You can share the screenshot of your reviews or any kind of key takeaways of the episode. Please make sure that you tag me over Instagram or Facebook. Let's see how this episode can bring value to so many of your friends and others. I will give a shout out to you as well. 
All right, that's it for now. I will look forward to have you in my next episode of Musified with Ashi. Let's rock and roll. Take care and ciao.